Harvest Australia Church podcast. We're so glad you're listening today. We pray this blesses you and encourages you. And if you want to get in touch with us or find out more about our ministry, please check out our website or social media. We pray you have a great day. Outside of Christ, there's a whole lot of techniques that we can take on that do work. And a lot of them are good. A lot of them will bring a happiness to an extent. A lot of them will make one a better person. However, they all fall short of a loving Savior. And so when we become Christians, one would think that once we've got Jesus inside of us and once we believe in the truth and we have the hope and life, you would think that we just go to a whole new level as human beings into a level of success and breakthrough and effectiveness. And, and yet a lot of us find that that's not actually the case, that our salvation um, is a, a life change in the heart, but it doesn't always translate to the rest of who we are. Sometimes it can stay in our spirit or it stays in just our understanding. And so the word translating has been a powerful word for me in the last few years because I think that it's so key for us as believers to learn how to translate our knowledge into action or our understanding into doing and being. Otherwise, we just espouse what we believe, but no one ever sees us do it. And That's kind of a disappointing thing. The people that we follow most powerfully are the people that we actually see making change and having an impact. And we watch them without even noticing. If you were to to refer back to those people who have really impacted your life, it's probably not those people who you could say they knew a lot of stuff. But you would say, wow, when they did this, it really impacted me. And so it's, it's those kind of things that are the basis of what I want to share today on fulfillment. I've got a few verses that I want to refer to, and I've asked the guys just to throw them up on a slide so that you can know where I'm going today. And um, let me pray just before I begin. Lord, we pray today that your voice would be clear. Lord, I pray that you would do good things. I pray that we would have a greater understanding of your heart for each and every one of us, for our lives, for our purpose. Lord, your kingdom calling over each of us. I pray, Lord, that you would raise up your callings inside of us. Lord, that you would shake off any baggage. Lord, you'd release any fear, any anxiety. And Lord, you would reach in and you would put your greatness inside of us and let us see you, let us see who we really are in you. And Lord, we pray for great things in Jesus' name. It's a big topic. Um, I want to start on John 10.10. Most of us know this, that the enemy, Satan, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you would have life and life to the full, or life more abundantly. It's a great passage. It's one that we ought to memorize because every one of us face battles in life. Every one of us will face challenges, will face doubts, fear, times when we let ourselves down or when other people let us down. These kind of verses are anchor verses that we go to. And it might be that there's the rumor mill swirling around you. You've, you've done something wrong and you can just feel uh, a negative vibe coming from yourself and maybe from other people. And that's when we need to remember, hang on, the enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy my peace. He wants to steal, kill and destroy my success. 
He wants to steal, kill, and destroy who God's called me to be. But Jesus came that we would have life and have life to the full. Not a half measure, not a quarter measure, but a full measure. What does it look like for us as believers to actually have a full measure of what God's called us to be functioning in our lives? Just picture that for a moment. If you think of no restrictions, no limitations, no negativity, no doubts, no fear, nothing surrounding you. Think of what you look like in that picture. Successful and breaking through, reaching new heights and depths in the Lord and in your life. Because the thing is, He doesn't just want to give you revelation in your heart and leave it there. He wants to give us revelation in our heart and then have it have an effect on other people. So the kingdom of God is contagious. We see this in the book of Acts. We see God releasing His presence upon the church. And then what happens? They get scattered. They go somewhere. They do something with it. There's no point just getting filled up, filled up, filled up if we never actually pour out. And so this is about growing into mature believers is we, we actually, we, we've, we've, we now have Jesus, we have a revelation, we have a relationship with him, but we become exporters of his goodness, exporters of who he is to us. And it's a powerful thing when we see people who know Jesus and walk with him succeeding because they've learned how to translate who Jesus is in their lives into the, every facet of their life, not just into their belief statement. Some of us just have an understanding of Jesus in our belief statement. But if we just leave it there, no one's really going to want to follow us. No one's just going to want to listen to us because they'll see the rest of our lives and say, hang on, they failed here, they failed there, they failed here. They don't have good relationships. They don't have a good pattern following their lives. And it's, it's not actually going well for them. And so people will look at that and say, well, I, don't, I like what they say, but I don't like what follows them. And so we want to be those that actually translate the good news of Jesus and the revelation of Jesus into the atmosphere of our lives. Honesty can bring breakthrough. Jesus was a very honest man, wasn't he? I was only reading the other day just some verses of where Jesus, actually I searched some of the verses where Jesus was the most honest with people or his disciples in particular. And it was with those he was closest to was generally those he was very honest with. And so with Peter, when Peter is um, questioning whether he's really going to have to die and rise again and do all that bad stuff in Matthew chapter 8, verse 30, 30 onwards, we read this. Um, Peter's really begging Jesus not to sacrifice himself and say, you won't have to go through that. That's, that's terrible. That's not going to be good. And Jesus, knowing the will of the Father in advance, turns around and says, get away from me, Satan. Get away from me. It's not that he hated Peter. It's that Peter needed a love slap in that moment. And there's certain times in our life when we need love slaps. And I, I mean a love slap to wake us up, to wake us up and to say, hang on, that's not going down the right path. That's not the Word of God. That's not how you're not meant to be living. That's not what you're meant to be believing or talking. That's not even who you're meant to be relating to. You're not that person anymore. He's called us out of darkness into the light, hasn't he? So we hang around people who give us light. We talk as if we live in the light. We think as if we live in the light. But sometimes when we go back and, and, and delve into the darkness, it really is going back and eating of stuff that we're not allowed to go back. We're not allowed to go there. Because maybe we're trying to solve things the human way. 
Peter was trying to solve things the human way and say, Jesus, you don't have to sacrifice. You're so good here. You've got so much revelation and wisdom. And yet he didn't know if Jesus had listened to him, our, our very Christianity would not have been birthed. And so we've got to be careful sometimes if, if, if we're that voice trying to counsel someone, we better know our stuff. We better walk the talk and not just try to advise everyone all the time. We actually better be living this stuff because we can be dissuading people or persuading people in all sorts of directions. And, and so Jesus, rightly so, gives him an absolute revelation of honesty. And there's, there's times in our lives where, and it might be through a person, it might be the voice of the Lord, it might be Scripture, it, it could be any avenue into our lives where we get a reality check. A reality check that what we're believing is not translating into what we're seeing. What we actually espouse that, that all, all about the kingdom and his goodness and, and transformation power, we're not actually seeing that. We're not even talking that. We're not really believing it. Because actually, faith has works. Faith is not works, but faith works. And so there's an outworking of our faith that will actually produce something, producing fruit. And that's why we love the fruits of the Spirit as well as the gifts of the Spirit. We've got to have both flowing through us, don't we? And so there's certain times when we will get a wake-up call. And normally that wake-up call might... Let's say for me, you know, it might come from the Lord. I just hear something and I feel a little bit of a sternness on it or a rebuke or, or an honesty check. Those kind of times are really pivotal. We can either listen or we can ignore. If we ignore, we won't get the fruit of what he wants to bring about in our lives. Some people may ignore that their entire life and never see the fullness of what God created them here on earth to be. Most of you in this room will know believers who have maybe been saved all their lives and, and they've maybe good people, maybe they're not good people, I don't know. But you, you can probably think of people that just always have struggled in the same area. They're hitting a ceiling all the time in their lives, never getting breakthrough, never seeing anything. Normally when there's that kind of circumstance around our lives, we need a reality check. We need someone or the Lord or ourselves to actually wake up and say, why am I always hitting a roadblock? Why is everyone else succeeding and I'm always hitting a roadblock? Normally, there's a simple answer that the Lord will give us. If we let him, he'll shine a light onto our hearts and he'll say, deal with that issue. Deal with that in your life. Make sure you've got a good attitude. I want to read you something in Matthew chapter 7. I read the the uh, Beatitudes pretty often because, you know, they're just a great place to start. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he's, he's giving such good feed for us to know how to be fulfilled, successful believers. Matthew chapter 7 might sound like a strange place to start, but just bear with me. In fact, I'll go to the NIV version just to make it easy. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 1. Do not judge others. And you will not be judged, for you'll be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me, let, let me help get rid of the speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. 
They'll trample the pearls. They'll turn and attack you. Interesting that the next passage here, that's, that's kind of a heavy passage, isn't it? Just sort of take a breath. It's okay. You're not going to die. But it's truth. It's truth. We, sometimes we forget this, but it's actually truth. What we sow, we reap. Get this. The next, the next passage here is titled Effective Prayer. Some of us have had blockages in our prayer lives all our lives. Maybe we have to go back to verse 1 of chapter 7 and make sure there's nothing in the way. Make sure there's no judgments. Make sure there's no hardness, bitterness, unforgiveness because they all work reciprocally. They all come back, don't they? They all come back. And so we have to take this stuff really, really seriously. If we harbor judgments, judgments will be harbored to us. It's not a nice thought, but it's absolute truth. So if we want breakthrough, let's start at Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. I'm going to read down on verse 7 about prayer. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and anyone who knocks, the door will be open. I'll go down to verse 12 and it says, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of of all that is taught in the law of the prophets, what you sow, you reap. If we want fulfillment as believers, if we are sowing peace, if we are sowing blessing, if we are sowing generosity, if we are sowing an attitude of forgiveness, not judgment, not criticism, not negativity, if we're sowing those things, that's what we'll get in return. There's not a person in this room who doesn't want to reap a great harvest in their life, want to reap blessing and success and fulfillment, happiness, joy, all this sort of stuff. The best place to start is start giving it, start dishing it out, even to people who don't deserve it. We had a funny encounter the other night with, with someone who is not a believer or any realm of life here, but it's just, it's just a weird scenario. This person is particularly strange to relate to. And Karen related to this person, and, and it was just, you know, awkward, awkward, awkward. And, and we came away, and it's like, oh, my God, you can't get out of there fast enough. Because it's just like, you know, you might as well just, just get out a gun and shoot me if you're going to talk like that. And so it's that kind of person, okay? You, there are people in life like that, and you, just, you know who they are because you don't even want to talk to them. You don't want to be around them. Lest we be like them, we don't want to be like that, do we? It's not attractive and doesn't matter what you're saying, no one wants a bar of it. And so us as believers, it's so much more important that we demonstrate the kingdom rather than talk about it. Still important to talk about it, but demonstrating it's so powerful, isn't it? It's so powerful. I believe a key to breaking through into new realms, new levels, new atmospheres of fulfillment here on earth. We're only here for a short time, but seeing God do great things for us is really kept in this passage of Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 1. Not starting down at verse 7, but starting at verse 1. If we want prayer answered, look at the condition of our heart. If we want breakthrough, look at the condition of our judgments toward others. I've told the story many times about how um, prior to stepping into ministry, 
obviously being in business, but growing up in church all my life, you know, I'd see various ministers and I'd, I'd just think, oh, they're flashy, you know. I'd look at the suits and think, oh, look at them all decked out, making loads of money. Here am I, a business, and I'm actually making money the right way. And these guys are just taking everyone's money in the offering plate, just doing whatever they like with it, rah, rah, rah. There might be one or two who have had a thought like that, if you're honest. And so for me, this is a big area of judgment, a big area of judgment. We, we go all the way to the island of Jersey in the UK, do a leader's school, and it's the, one of the main things the Lord confronts me with is my critical, judgmental heart toward other leaders. Funnily enough, once I dealt with that and got over that, we then became a leader. Maybe that wouldn't have happened if I'd kept harboring the judgment. Maybe I wouldn't even be here today if I kept harboring that. Might still be in business, making millions every year. <laughs> Just, who knows? I believe judgments are such a powerful force in the life of a believer because they're completely illegal. They're... they're they're a powerful force in the world as well. But the truth is, we're the ones who have to look at the condition of our heart, aren't we? We're the ones who have to take care of our heart. We have to look at the church's heart before we look at the world's heart. We have to deal with our own individual heart before we deal with anyone else. Because remember, we normally got a log. They've only got a speck. But it's so easy to see everyone else's downfall. It's so easy to hear how, how they're going wrong and what they're doing wrong. And yet all the while we're stuck in a glass ceiling that we can't see. And the ceiling is judgment. The ceiling is criticism. The ceiling might be thoughts of jealousy or whatever it might be. But these things will limit us from the fulfillment of the kingdom, from the greatness he has an incredible plan and purpose for you. And that means every single person, every single person. Great things, great things. I still believe it's one of those things that we need to remind ourselves re really often, but probably particularly when we're reading a verse like this in Matthew chapter 7, is that he has an abundant life for us. So maybe read Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 combined with John 10.10. 10. Okay, just combine the verses just so you've got a little bit of sugar on top. He wants to give you an abundant life. Maybe you haven't seen it. Maybe you've hit roadblocks, ceilings, things where you just don't know what to do. Ask the Lord, what is the condition of my heart? What is the condition of my heart? How do I handle offenses? How have I dealt with forgiveness throughout my life? I believe that these kind of questions are very, very important to keep a healthy posture as a Christian, as a believer, a healthy posture so that we can actually be self-aware of Christ in us and his effect on us, so that we can actually be those who actually filter ourselves with the blood of Jesus so we don't always need a rebuke or someone else or maybe Jesus to say, just get behind me. I'm sick of all that doubt. I'm sick of all the fear. But actually we take his word seriously and apply it to our lives. I want to finish with quite a funny analogy, okay? So you're just going to have to bear with me. But those of you who have had kids in primary school are going to remember these three words, stop, look, listen, okay? So say those words after me, stop, look, listen, 
Okay, you're awake. That's good. And I could hear the parents just going, all right, I'm in this. Stop, look, listen. I believe these three words are very, very easy way to remember how to reach fulfillment. Stop, look, listen. So if you're ever hitting the same repetitive negative cycle or the same ceiling, the same blockage, stop, look, listen. Stop. Have a look at your behavior. Have a look at how we're responding. Have a look. Just just take a breather for a moment in maybe the panic or the situation and just stop. Just stop. It's one of the things in the course Hearing God's Voice is that we actually have to still ourselves first normally before we'll hear his voice. We have to stop. Stop what we're doing. Stop the routine. Stop the, the panic, the thinking, the doing, the doing, the doing, the doing. And just stop and breathe. Sometimes we have a lot of learnt behaviour where we just do stuff. If something's going wrong, we go into active mode and we just do, do, do. Or relationally, we act in the same way every time. Or maybe we, we do the same things. That's why I reckon it's great just to be able to stop, take a breath, remember who we are. Because remember, if you're in Christ, he is part of your DNA now. He's part of your new person and you are a new person in him. So we don't want to go back to the old stuff. We don't want that pattern and that thinking, do we? We want the new man to rise up. The next thing is to look. Have a look at our lives. Have a look at the fruit of our lives. Have a look at what's gone wrong in those two or three situations. Because if we've had the same negative thing go wrong two or three times, we can normally look at a bit of a pattern in our lives. And rather than blaming, we accept it. Rather than projecting it onto someone else and say, oh, but that time they were wrong, that time they were wrong, that time they were wrong. I'm in the clear. This is a surefire way to not just have a glass ceiling over us, but to have a cliff falling over us. Because we never get anywhere if we blame all the time. Oh, it's them. Oh, now it's them. And you'll meet people like that. You know, it's, they've maybe journeyed through life a little bit. It's always something with the boss. Oh, they, you know, they've had six bosses in a row in the last three years. But those bosses, they, that one person gets with a bad boss every single time. Or, or, in, or in a sphere of life, oh, they've got this issue. They've got that issue. Take responsibility for ourselves. And when we learn to do that, we all of a sudden smash that ceiling over us. And all of a sudden, our eyes are open to our own ugliness, our own selfishness, our own pride, judgments, criticism. And it's a day of revelation. It's like getting born again again. It's like, wow, I, I didn't know Jesus meant me. Look at myself, judge myself, look at the own plank. I thought that was for everyone else in Christendom. Taking personal responsibility is so powerful. It's so powerful that when we're not looking at anyone else, seeing their downfalls or seeing anything wrong with them or this situation or that situation, but we're saying, no, what's my responsibility in this? What's my reaction to that situation? What's my heart condition to that person or that relationship or that drama or all that boss or whatever it might be. And I'm not saying everything else is going to be perfect in life. But what is your reaction? What is your heart's condition in those situations? That's what really counts. That's what Jesus was saying to Peter. That's what to have an abundant life because you won't be limited anymore. 
You're not limited anymore to anyone's thinking. You're not limited anymore to that same scenario playing out in your life. If you want to press stop and delete, then start with your own heart. It's the first place we start. So we gain freedom in ourselves and free people, free people. Healed people, heal people. Saved people, save people. It's like, it's like this machine that just operates in the kingdom, but it's not a machine. It's, it's a heart condition. And when we know we're loved and when we know we have Jesus inside of us, all of a sudden the transformation takes place. But humans are thick. So sometimes the transformation only goes in a couple of millimeters. It goes just into the heart. It's no further. But the gospel's meant to revolutionize every part of us, every part of us, so that when we are in that situation, like we've been in many times before, maybe a relational situation where that, I don't know, that scenario plays itself out. Here we go again. Oh, that situation, that boss, that leader, that relationship or whatever, we've pressed the stop button. So that's not us anymore. We don't belong to that kind of behavior anymore. We want a fulfilled life in Christ, so we react differently. We react differently. We bring in some incredible kingdom sugar into the situation and just put out the fire. I know sugar doesn't put out fires, but it sounds good. <laughs> and we've done a fire training course this week, so you know, we know all about bushfires. And... But it's, it's so important. I think it's something we constantly need to remind ourselves to take it seriously, to look at ourselves first. What is my responsibility in this situation? What is my responsibility? I don't care about their responsibility. They might owe me a whole heap of stuff. I'm not going to care about them. Leave them to Jesus. Leave them to Jesus. What's my responsibility in this? Last one is listen. Everyone say listen. Awesome. So what are the three? Stop, look, listen. 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 Listen to the voice of the Spirit. What's he saying? Maybe some of you today, you're just realizing, wow, I am meant to have a phenomenal life, not just, you know, the same old, same old. I'm actually meant to have an incredible life. That's the Word of God over you. It's the Word of God over you. It's His promise. It's His prophetic Word over your life. And you're never too late to reach fulfillment. You're never too late to see breakthrough. It's, it's never too late to see good things happen in and through your life. First thing, listen to the Spirit. Second thing, listen to good counsel. People who have done the good stuff. That's why we get in people like Peter McEwen, these other guys, because we look at their lives, we look at the fruit of their lives, we look at their family, we look at other things, and we say, that's a good, trustworthy source. We will allow the door of our hearts open for a voice to come in. If we don't see that stuff, the door is closed. And that's just the truth. We only let people speak into our lives where we see the kingdom fruit flourishing, flourishing. And then we want to eat of that fruit. Everyone wants to eat of the kingdom fruit. Wise counsel, wise counsel, people who are living and breathing the kingdom and they have fruit flowing around them. It's something we look for. And the last thing is just reality, the reality of our situation. Have a look at the reality of our situation. Have a look at what's going on around. Have a look at our relationships, our our, our marriage or our kids or, or just other relationships that are going on around us. Have a look at the condition of our mouth. Have a look at the condition of the kingdom operating in and around us and have a reality check. Give yourself a love slap if you have to. Just do anything you have to do to get real with what's going on because I believe this is the first part 
of transformation and incredible fulfillment is when we will get radically honest with ourselves. We won't lie anymore. We won't say, oh, hey, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, you know, yes, this, rah, rah, rah. And clearly failure is following us down. You know, it's, it's something we need to get really real with. And if good things are going on as well, have a look at those. See what's working and keep doing that. See where the fruit is and keep sowing into that. See where there's a harvest and keep praying into that. I believe it's the mandate of heaven on the church now is to stop being immature. Stop being immature. Stop worrying about the stupid little things we've worried about with each other. Little petty things. You know, Thursdays I make it almost a religious in the right way thing to get off my whatever, get off my bum. Is that okay? Bum, you okay with that? And go and mingle with other pastors. I do that almost every single week, either by phone, Skype or coffee. And coffee works better when you're paying. You normally get a a nice warm reception from another person, don't you? So, you know, it works. Anyway, just poke the person next to you on your left and say hello. Good. Now poke the person on your right and say, stop, look, listen. See, you're never going to forget that now. I can hear Jenny and Jackie just cheering me on here. Primary school teaching. When we go from being adolescents or babies as a church in Australia, we actually go into a whole new realm. And when we, in believe, when we as believers stop all just immature thinking, immature conversation, immature belief, immature just drinking milk all the time, needing milk, 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 milk. Oh, now we need this. Now we need that. Now we need that. And, you know, please me, please me, please me, please me, please me. And do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of a, a cycle. It's boring. It's boring. We want to, I know everyone in this room wants to eat red meat. There's a few who don't, but spiritually, 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 we want the kingdom, don't we? We want the currency of heaven. We want the depths, you know, those things that actually bring life, those things that actually transform a community, those things that actually transform people around us because of who's in us. So let's stand this morning, and I want to Awesome. Just lift your hands. I want to pray and just, I know it's hot and everything else, but, you know, the beach is waiting. (laughs) Lord, we pray that you would grow us up as a people. Lord, that you would grow us up into a mature vine. Lord, that bears kingdom fruit wherever we go. Lord, that you would fill us with your spirit of wisdom and revelation. And that you would demonstrate your kingdom in and through us in new ways this year. Lord, I pray that you would release great things into us, even this morning. I pray you would lift ceilings off us. Lift limitations off us. Lift doubts and fears and and anxiety and stresses and patterns of negativity, things where we've responded out of selfishness or fear, Lord, you would transform us by your Spirit, by your Spirit, by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray even right now that you would fill us as a people group, as a community. Lord, that you would fill us with your power and your love.
a fresh touch, a fresh empowering. Lord, that your word would go into us and become life. Lord, that your truth would go right into our spirits and bear incredible fruit. Holy Spirit, make it real. Make it real. We pray, Lord, even this year, there'd be a year of acceleration, accelerated growth, accelerated growth in the kingdom. Lord, that we would be like adults in the kingdom with wisdom and virtue and life and power and resources for the kingdom. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just wipe away any other stuff that doesn't need to be there. Anything contrary to the nature of Christ. Lord, you'd wash us this morning. Wash us, wash us, wash us. And Lord, you would just pour out your oil, your refreshing, your refreshing. Some of you spiritually have grown tired because it's become a slave mentality of do, do, do. Instead of a son or daughter mentality of I am. I am, I am. And it's an easy door. Close the old one and open the new one. Open the new one. I am righteous. I am saved. I am healed. I am holy. Holy Spirit, I pray even right now, just your fresh touch, your fresh touch, your fresh touch on each one of us. Fresh touch, fresh touch. Just as we do that, put your hand on the person's shoulder next to you. And we just want to pray for each other just for 10 seconds. Just give them a quick burst prayer. Is that okay? Jesus, bless that person on our left and on our right. Do great things in them this year. Do great things in them this year. Use them. Use them. Reveal your love to them. Reveal your power to them. Heal them, refresh them, give them joy, give them life and more abundantly. Break every ceiling, every limitation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.